0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and I am thrilled to be joined by the Ashlyn Sullivan Flyers pre- and post-game live host. We are at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia, live here, and very excited to talk about the Flyers. But uh, the Flyers didn't really give us much to talk about in terms of wins, uh, Ashlyn, and really making this season a lot more interesting uh, I thought it was a missed opportunity on this four game homestand. They went 1-2 and 1 so lost three or four games. Uh do you feel like they had a they had a chance to for, like possibly make things interesting going into the, the trade deadline in March and I just felt like They they had a missed opportunity
1: there. Oh, yeah. Sadly, I think this past week was everything. You felt the buildup. You felt the momentum. And I think that practice right before the first game coming back from the All-Star break, we heard multiple players say this week is everything. This is our chance. This homestand truly put ourselves on the map, put us in a great position to possibly push for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Now, sadly, the playoffs doesn't even seem to be a possibility because of this past week. If you would have won... One or two more games, then, then, oh my gosh, we have a ton to talk about. And we're looking at this next month of March and saying, and starting to do the math, right? And yeah. starting to say, if you win this game, okay, here's what could happen. So, sadly, it's a huge missed opportunity. And I think it all goes back to just the lack of offense, the lack yeah. of scoring. Man has shot themselves in the foot in, in at least the question, what happened? Yeah. What happened in this past month to completely flip the script of, of the goals we used to see? Yeah,
0: yeah six goals on this homestand in four games, that's just not going to cut it. Uh, You need to score more. Going into that final loss, Ashland, where they scored three goals, You know that's three goals in three games leading into the final game of the homestand. And I I really felt like they were going to have to win close to 10 straight in this month of February if they were going to not shed pieces at the trade deadline come March 3rd. Uh, So so they really had to make some ground here in February. But the homestand just was a golden opportunity because it's opening the month it's in front of your fans, it's, it's where you're expecting to play best and really win some more fans over. To win one game I think is disappointing. What were some of the biggest issues on top of goal scoring?
1: well goal scoring is absolutely As huge and, and i want to say defense but really you can only put so much pressure on this defense and when you have those offensive stats six goals in four games yeah. how can your defense continue to keep yourselves in this game and i thought that was the case sunday in the loss against the kraken is it was not the best defensive effort actually one of the worst we've seen here in the past couple of months but but look at the week they just had i mean that defense kept them in those games and, and even won them a game and I think, uh, sadly, especially on Sunday, the defense wasn't up to par, but you put so much pressure on them through that entire week to keep yourselves in it. At the, this point, it's like it's almost asking too much every yeah. single game.
0: It really it's, – it's not a healthy way to play where right. you're in these dogfights, uh, games where one mistake becomes fatal. And mm-hmm. they were living that type of life earlier on in the season, and you saw how much stress it put on, on Carter Hart, how much stress it put on the guys in front of him. Right it's just not a good way to play whereas if you're if you're scoring goals you, you have a little more flexibility I mm-hmm. mean we actually we saw a game where I think they were up four to one they gave up two goals late in the third period and all of a sudden the game got real interesting but they gave themselves the cushion to have a mistake or two have a breakdown or two just not a healthy way to play right now when you're scoring this few of goals and it just seems like that that problem is rearing its ugly head again and you were hoping if you're a flyers fan that the stretch where they were scoring goals that it was momentum and they were going to build on it. Um, I just think we're seeing the reality kind of come back that the team is lacking high-end talent. And when you lack high-end talent, you go through droughts and then you play a lot of close games. Um, Just not a great way to play.
1: Yeah. It does kind of seem like this is kind of the flyers of early December and it's the roller coaster of a young team, which we knew was going to come. But, but I think all of us are a little surprised when there was that great stretch in January, you thought it'd be more sustainable. And sadly, it goes to show the pressure of Travis Konechny right yeah. now. 13 games without a goal. The Flyers are 5-5-3 five, five, and three in that period. And, and you hate to put it all on one guy, but it showed in January, especially when he was putting up those absurd numbers. And we all asked, okay, well, how is he ever going to play this consistently? He can't. But you would hope someone else would take the spear and run with it. And sadly, no one else has. And my gosh, I know Travis Konechny is putting so much pressure on himself. You see the frustration on the ice and it Shouldn't be like that, it shouldn't yeah. be just because one guy is having a bad month. Oh, that means the team's having a bad month. Yeah. It's like you, you hope maybe a Joel Fairby or someone would step up with Travis Koneckney not playing as well. And, and sadly, we haven't seen that.
0: Yeah, you're seeing how much he carried them mm-hmm. for stretches. When the Flyers are expected to be a balanced scoring team, they don't have a guy on that team that's really like a bona fide 35 to 40 goal scorer. You know, it's going to be a lot of guys in the 20s, and uh. When the best guy goes 13 games without a goal, they're, they're going to feel it. And I think you're seeing them really feel it. And it, it, it puts the onus on some other guys like Joel Farabee. And Kevin Hayes has played well, but he's not exactly a goal scorer. Owen Tippett, um, some of their def- defensemen have to really start to produce goals, and they're just not getting it. And you're seeing it in wins and losses, the results of it. it and connecting these 13-game slide without a goal, they're 5-5-3, and they've only scored 2.23 goals per game. So when he's not producing, uh, they're gonna feel it for sure, right. Flyer's talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Ashlyn, sticking with Konechny, how concerned are you about this slump? Um, did you see it? Did you foresee it coming? And then also can can he break out of this and kind of get back to the guy he was?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting because back in early January, I would always talk with Scott Hartnell about this because he always talked about the roller coaster and the, the riding the waves of a player. And when he was putting up, you know, two solid weeks of these numbers, Scott always said, okay, there's no way he can keep this up. This is absurd. Look at his goals. Look at all this offensive movement. At some point, it's going to falter. But but when we said it would falter, you expect it to kind of just go back to normal and have a consistent, you have a great game. Okay, a couple games off, great game. I don't think anyone expected the slump we seeing. But that goes to just the attention of the NHL, giving the respect to Travis connecting that he deserves, that he played for. You know, you're seeing all these defensemen now shift their focus to Travis connecting, which is great for him. But we knew that would happen with such a successful January month. I think you can tell that John Tortorella is a little concerned about how he's going to pull himself out of this because it seems like every single game we see more and more frustration brewing. And Travis Konechny is already such an emotional player Mm -hmm. and such a fiery player that he certainly does not need any extra frustration added his way. So you would love for him to just like, take a step back, but I get that's so much to ask of a player like him who already plays with his hair on fire, yeah. even when he's playing really well in January. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's tough to fault a guy for caring, right? Yeah. And he cares that much where he does kind of get into his own head at times. John Torello admitted that. He said that was his concern with Konechny, is mm-hmm. possibly getting into his own head for caring too much, living and dying with every single play. But the real the star players, the guys that produce every single night, they know how to manage slumps. Like they're going to go maybe three, four games without a point or a goal, but they, they know how to manage it, break out of it, not get too high, too low. And I think that's connect's challenge right now is mm-hmm. not thinking too much about it. Um, trying to impact the game in other ways, but it is a shame the flyers are at our point in terms of lacking that much talent that a guy goes through a skid like this and they're really feeling it this, this much. Yeah. Um, and I think we're learning a little bit about connecting too. I, I, Feel he understood. He even admitted that he understood. Like the bounces weren't going to go his way. He was going to hit a little bit of a lull. I don't think he expected it to be this big. And now he's trying to fight his way out of it because the Flyers really need it. I think he's realizing I'm a star player now. I'm I'm one of the guys, and I can't I can't go through these stretches. Without my team feeling it,
1: yeah. And look at the attention he's drawing. And, and I go back. We always yeah. ask him almost every single practice in that January span, like, "What's going right? My gosh, look at your how you're playing. Look at your numbers." And he's like, "Oh, it's it's just puck luck." And I was yeah. always laugh, like, "Okay, it's definitely more than puck luck. Like, you can't just keep saying <laughs> yeah. things are going right for me and they're bouncing my way." But my gosh, maybe he was right. right. <laughs> maybe it was just puck luck right. in that month because he had such momentum. And and you hate to just put that as the answer, but I do think. I think the answer is he had such a fantastic month that everyone took notice and every single team now he's the center of film study. Yeah. And and maybe that backs off now because he isn't having as much of a success month. Maybe they shift more of their attention to Owen Tippett. Yeah. But at some point, something's got to give.
0: Yeah, it really raises the bar. When you go on a stretch where I think he had 17 goals in 19 games, uh, that raises the bar. It raises expectations in everyone's mind. And it certainly grabs the eyes of the opposition where they're going to focus more on him try to get under his skin the way he does the opposition. <laughs> so I think we're going to learn a lot about Travis connecting. How does he finish this season? Mm-hmm. I, at one point, everyone was thinking he could finish with 40 goals and 90 points. Uh, obviously it's going to be difficult to get there now, but he can still really finish strong going into the off season, give the flyers a good read on who he is. Can they build around him? How can they help him? All important things, the rest of the way the flyers might not be a playoff team, but they have I believe 28 games left, important games to learn about players. Give some young guys chances alongside connecting and see what works here. Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes the disease of addiction. Download the new season three of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. So actually, in that big date that everyone has circled, March 3rd, the trade deadline, We everyone loves to talk about it. We're going to continue to talk about it up until that date. Uh, I'm sure a lot of general managers are on the phone uh, with each other every single day. It's getting closer and closer. And w- what I was alluding to earlier was the Flyers were really going to have to go on a torrid run for them to not shed pieces. But I believe management is going to have a seller's frame of mind. They have to. Is it becoming pretty inevitable that the Fars are probably going to move, I would think, at least a piece, possibly two, maybe even three at the straight yeah, deadline?
1: Here. Especially after this past week. And you yeah. hate to put, you know, the, the status of the trade deadline on four games, but it did. You felt that magnitude in the locker room and just the brewingness of this homestand that if they won four games, if they won three games, my gosh, maybe that shifts your entire mindset of. Of what could happen with this trade yeah. deadline i think jvr is a great example of that if he continued to show success and continue to be the building block for someone like owen tippett i think you really question is it worth moving him but now that seems inevitable when you look at his salary cap pit his age and, and now sadly the status of the flyers what is the worth of keeping him at this point so you hate to put it on four games but my gosh did it really seem like that last week kind of set the tone of what the trade deadline is going to look like.
0: So true. They, they, they still have some February left to to make a little ground and make things more interesting. And they still have a lot of season left, but at the end of the day, the trade deadlines are really going to dictate how they finish because mm-hmm. they're going to have to shed some good players. Like James Van like is a very good player who really helped spark two young players, right. Owen Tippett and Morgan Frost. And then you even consider, could they move Justin Braun, Nick Sealer, a couple of veteran defensemen. And who knows if they have a loud move up their sleeve, but the Flyers are going to look different, and it makes the, it makes the, the order even taller for the Flyers if they want to somehow get into the playoff picture. Um, it, it, it really made that homestand so important. It, if they could win some games at home and, and, and push things a little bit further. But I think everyone takes it day by day. If you're a player or if you're in management, you were really hoping uh, you could score some goals, win some games, James Van Riems, like When we talked to him, he even knew that there was ten games before the trade deadline, and he was thinking, "Hey, let's let's make it interesting here." I think he was holding out hope that maybe the Flyers could do that, but it does seem like uh, they're going to move some guys, and James Van Reems like might be the the most obvious one.
1: Yeah, they're not dumb. They're paying yeah. <laughs> attention to stuff. Even if they say they aren't reading, they aren't paying attention. I mean, you're you possibly might be moving. I mean, I would want to pay attention to that. That's a major. Factor in my life.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. He's James Van Reems like has two kids. Yeah, uh, I believe they're both under the age of two. A lot going on. Uh, he's thirty three, so yeah. He, he even smiled when we asked him about it. That life comes into play here. It's not just mm-hmm. him by himself going to another city, another team. It's essentially a family. So a lot, uh, a, a lot can change here for the Flyers. But Ashlyn, I will still say that. What they're doing right now in terms of keeping things interesting, getting to 500, I think is important. Uh, they're taking strides from last year, and some people might not love that. The pro tankers might mm-hmm. want to see them bottom out like they did last year. But do you feel it's still important to win some games and and try to push? Try to push for the playoffs or at least try to pick up as many wins as possible things you can build on for next year.
1: Yeah, I think at this point, the pro tankers, you've lost your battle. I mean, they're at 500 right now. And if you're a pro tanker, you're not happy with where they are. And it's not like they could have such a terrible end of february and end of march where you're now happy with the pro tank debate so let's just get that out of the picture because that's not going to happen this year they played well enough to where you're now are not in that conversation so yeah it's in their best interest to win as many games as possible i don't think that they can make the playoffs maybe they have an unreal february march and and it's a different story but it doesn't seem like the trek they're on that that's going to happen so now i think your main message for february march is finding answers to these young players. What can yep. you build around? Who is the players I absolutely have to keep no matter what. I think there's still a lot of questions with this team. And then what happens when Sean Katurian came up, Kim Atkinson, hopefully come back. How does that shift this team? Is that good enough? What are the pieces we're missing? I think you have probably 10 major questions right now that you need yep. answers to in the next couple of months.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a testament to John Tortorella. He's gotten a lot of credit this year and I think it's deserved because Ashley, you and I were chatting a little bit. We would have been stunned to see the Flyers at this point without Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson. I I really felt they were going to be like a mid-70-point team at best, even with a healthy Sean Couturier. I didn't see Cam Atkinson getting hurt. For all we knew, going into camp, he was healthy. He's not going to play a game. Sean Couturier, we're not sure if he's going to make an appearance at some point this season, uh, but he was expected to play going into training camp a couple days before he he injures himself, the back. So the fact that they are 22, 23, and 10, they're in games, uh, tells you they've taken some strides here under Don Torello. And a lot of that's mindset and a guy that's, I think, demanding of results. Mm -hmm. And you're allowing a lot of young players, I think, to learn and grow and play in a full season, which is important.
1: Yeah, I mean, even going back to those two players, I know when I took this job and got here and they were talking about Cam Hackes and Sean Cateria being out, everyone was like, oh, well, this is a problem. This is going to be a terrible year because those two guys are out. So even the fact that it's not a terrible year, and you have two of your best players not playing, tells you all you need to know.
0: Yeah. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Ashlyn, the Flyers are going on this long four-game road trip, and they've called up some reinforcements. I think guys that are going to be there just in case there's an injury they called up Kiefer Bellows, who was gone for about a minute and they recalled Samuel Erson who gave the Flyers a really good a really good tough decision earlier in the year cuz he played so well in net backing up Carter Hart so they're going to have a basically a healthy body at every position they'll have an extra forward they'll have an extra defenseman and they'll it's looking like they'll carry three goalies so i think the flyers have a good question here who backs up Carter Hart could Samuel Erson possibly see a game Will Felix Sandstrom still be the backup? Mm-hmm. In your mind, who should it be? Who do you want to say?
1: I think it has to be Sam Arson. Yeah. And, and I think I was a little confused about this whole debate of sending Sam Harrison down, bringing up Felix Sandstrom because you don't want to lose him. And I get you can't put all the pressure on Felix because John Tortorella admitted it and, and Proby did as well in the locker room Sunday post-loss that they didn't do enough and they feel like Felix deserves some wins and, and they aren't helping him get there when you just look at his stats and you look at Arison's stats and compare them, it's night and day. So it just seems to me, if if you think Arison's good enough, and it seems like John Tortorella really likes him and wants to, to keep him, then get him some game action and, and risk the thought of, of maybe losing Felix in, in the wire. I just, I don't get it. Maybe you can explain it better, but it seems like Arison is the clear answer here. So
0: <laughs> No, and 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 to me, you're not sending Felix Sanchez down right now. So you're not running the risk of losing him. If, yeah. if you're going to carry three goalies, who, who, who do you want to play, Ashland? The two best goalies. And I think Carter Hart is, of course, the number one. And I think Sam Erickson has shown he deserves a game or two. I, I think Tortorella is going to lean that way. We saw that um, when Carter went down for a little bit and Erickson played so well on that previous road trip. It came down to Erickson or Sandstrom, and Tortorella ran with Erickson. And I, I really think they're going to get him a game or two, uh, depending on the schedule. Obviously, we know there's some space between games, but there is a back-to-back. Early next week, where I think the one one or the two goalies are going to play in that in the in that spot. So maybe Hart gets three of the four games and then uh Ersin maybe gets one. But I think you got to roll with Airson. And Ashlyn, I agree. There's times where I do look at the games and I'm like, man, they are not playing hard for Sandstrom. Yeah. Or they can really help this guy. But when does it balance out? Like when do you say, well, maybe maybe Sandstrom's given up some goals and it's not all the play in front of him. I really like Philly Sandstrom. I think he's a good guy, good kid. I do think the flyers have hung him out to dry a couple of times, but it's becoming that like the, the number of games is becoming too great here where you got, you got to say, maybe I think Torell believes he can make a save or two. He can make a save or two to help his own calls and to help the guys in front of him.
1: yeah at some point the goaltender has to be the game changer he yeah. has to be the difference and it can't just be the excuses and, and I do agree that the Flyers could play better for him but how many games has Carter Hart won them the game yeah and Arison was playing so well as to the point where we were talking on pre and post game about if Arison keeps playing like this like what's that going to mean for Carter Hart like that's how well he was yeah. playing that that was an actual conversation for two yep. or three shows if Arison keeps this up could he could he get the number one job over Hart for a couple of games so i think it's a no-brainer but yeah. i guess we'll find out in a week
0: <laughs> exactly the, the fires have decisions i don't have the trade deadline but they have decisions about who's going to play uh and and good decisions it's young depth and net is not a bad thing uh but i think samuel arson can certainly see some games and i even remember when we were talking about mindset and how uh how John Torello wants his players to play. And he said aggressive mistakes. And he said, if at least they're being aggressive and the mistake leads to a rush the other way. He goes, that's why we have a goalie there. He's supposed to make a save for us and bail us out. Sometimes. I think he's looking for that yeah. from Felix chance from, we've seen Carter Hart do it countless times. Oh my gosh. And it, and it gives the flyers a chance to stay in a game. Mm-hmm. And then the flyers, I think play a little harder for him too. That when, when your goalie bails you out, Suddenly the skaters in front are trying to do a little more. Yeah.
1: And you can play more aggressive too. Cause you yeah. have that comfort in that backing knowing, okay, even if I screw up, I know the guy behind me has my back. Yeah, I don't know if they can say the same about Felix Sandstrom. Maybe Sam Harrison gets there, but Carter Hart, they can definitely say that.
0: Yeah, I, exactly. So the flyers will see, well, you know, we'll see who they have in that. I think Carter Hart's going to uh, the flyers are really going to ride him on this road trip. It starts Thursday night, some late hockey, 10 PM Eastern time against the Seattle Kraken and then on Saturday, they face the Canucks, another 10 p.m. puck drop. Ashlyn Sullivan, you will be hosting pre and post game live both nights.
1: With coffee. Yes.
0: With coffee, indeed. Energy. We will be staying up. We hope you're staying up with us. Uh, Ashlyn, thank you so much. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you joining us on this Fires Talk podcast live from Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. The podcast is, as always, presented by Great Railing. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru. A big thank you to Tom Feiner, our video producer and guru and flyers fans of course as always thank you so much for listening to the latest flyers talk podcast presented by great railing wherever you get your podcast please rate and listen and we can't wait to talk to you next time one two three four